You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Today, we resume our program series called Leadership. And immediately, when I thought about this word leadership, this concept of leadership, I immediately thought of my guest today, and that's Bill and Mary Walker. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. It's great to be here with you today. Yeah, it's an honor. Yes. And so because of this, they have such amazing stories and the Lord is still working. He's still moving and he's still using these great pastors to lead through all that they've been through. And I'm not going to steal any of the thunder for that, but I just want for today there to be encouragement for leaders that may be facing a trial, a serious struggle, a tribulation, whatever that is, because we are in a battle. We are in spiritual warfare. And Bill and Mary have both persevered and are still persevering. And I guess I just want to open up and ask you guys, how do you do it? Seriously, how do you guys do it? I think it's it's kind of a, a daily thing. You, you do it day by day, or you can get overwhelmed. And I think that's true of uh, any pastor, anybody that, that's leading. If you get too far ahead of yourself, it gets difficult. So um, I just try to take things, you know, day by day. And Mary, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I I think one thing that, that both of Bill and I have realized in leadership and through the struggles and trials that we faced is that, you know, our reaction to things is a choice. And so we have that opportunity to choose how we're going to react to everything in life, you know, whether we're a Christian or not a Christian, a leader or not a leader. And so, um, you know, for me, it's just kind of like Bill said, it's a daily choice that like, I'm, I'm going to serve well, and I'm going to be faithful even in the trials and tribulations, not just in the good times. I'm reminded in the, in the Bible we're told uh, it's Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have about the same verse. And it said, if you want to be my disciple, you need to pick up your cross. And uh, Luke, uh, other than Matthew and Mark say it differently, but Luke adds the word daily. You know, we take up our cross when we follow Christ, but but Luke, who's a, you know, a physician, goes into a little bit more detail. He says daily. And I think about that a lot. You know, we make these big, overwhelming decisions to follow Christ and to do the big stuff but we also pick up our cross daily. And I think that's, that's so important. Yeah, I so agree, Bill. And you know, what's interesting to me is there are people that are in leadership and it's probably one of the topics that is most written about in the world. Right. But of course, but of course, what we're interested in is being a Christian leader because these are the people that when they hit a a struggle, a tribulation, then they go, Oh man, uh, I didn't see this coming, but what you're saying is, Bill, you, we have to make a decision daily mm. to walk in that, right? And and we may have this grandiose plan of leadership, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it needs to be walked out actually daily. Absolutely. So uh, what else would you guys describe as what has made you a successful leader? I don't know how successful we are as leader, but I for me, and I think the longer I've been in leadership and the older I get, I just, I keep coming back to obedience. Mm. People can can do a lot of things better than me, but I 
I want to try to out obey everybody. I don't mean it's a competition, <laughs> but the one thing I can do, it's really up to me is I can obey. And, and for me, that's a lot of the core of what I do as a leader and you're obeying Christ and, and what he wants you to do. So that's what I try to focus on is just that obedience. And again, the daily obedience, the things I need to do. That's good. That's encouraging. Uh, and, and I agree with Bill. And I think the longer that I've been in Christian leadership, the more I realize how many people are watching leaders myself, but all Christian leaders and how they are watching us to see if we do live out our walk and that if we do remain faithful and strong during, you know, the rough times and the challenges and stuff. I mean, people are always commenting things that they've, you know, maybe noticed about me. And uh, as I've gone through this cancer journey, especially people will write different notes and say things about aspects that they've noticed in me that I didn't even know that I was sort of sending that, that signal or, or putting that out there, you know, but so um, the importance that sort of, we are not our own, we were bought with a price. And so that part of that responsibility, I guess, as a Christian leader is to really be, you know, faithfully walking in the truth and the light, because you have less mature Christians, maybe, you know, watching you and, you know, really pattering themselves after you. And so that's become a really big privilege in my life, I think, to know that, you know, the influence that I have on others and to make sure that I understand that that is a sacred privilege that God has given me. Yeah. And people do watch as Christians and not just as leaders, but as Christians, people watch us all the time. They don't watch us as carefully in the good times. Right. We're facing the rough times and we all face them. I think they want to know, are you real? You know, cause you know, we can be our best when things are at our worst. And if we're at our best, when things are at our worst, that gets uh, people's attention. So I think that's the, the challenge uh, when we're leading through, you know, the difficult times that we're all going to face. There are different types of difficulties, but anybody, any Christian and any Christian leader is going to face really difficult times. Jesus said in this world, you have trouble. He made a promise. He did. Well, thank you, Jesus. We needed that. <laughs> right. And, uh, and it's how we respond to that. And you know, what's interesting is uh, I hear you guys mentioning that we're getting scrutinized, if you will, as leaders, right, by the Christian community, which is good because they're looking for answers and guidance. But, you know, also there are people on the outside, on the edge, on the verge, and we don't even know sometimes who they are that are watching us as well. People mm -hmm. that may not even know the Lord, but yet when we persevere, when we keep walking that out daily, I love how you said that, Bill. But when we do that, there are people watching and you know what? They're looking to see, do I want to become a part of that? Do I want to know this Jesus? Is there reality in this? Is there truth in this? You know, and, and they're searching and really more scrutinizing than even the body of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, Mark, the other thing, we try to be really the leaders God called us to be, but I, I've made a lot of mistakes and I continue to make mistakes. And one of the things I've had to do, I don't know, Mary, you could probably help me with this. I don't know, eight, 10, 12 times is apologize in front of the church and repent for some of the things I've done, some of the dumb things I've done as a Christian, as a leader. And it's not fun. And I've just, wrote down and, and wept a couple times in front of our, our congregation and uh, 
haven't had to do that in a while. Probably another time's coming up soon. <laughs> Not fun, but uh, you know, we're saying, oh, we're leaders, we're leaders. Hey, I, I'm a fallible leader. I, I serve an infallible uh, leader in Christ, but I've I've made so many mistakes. So when we talk about leading, man, I have so much to learn and so so far to grow in my faith. And I think that's important. Uh, when we make mistakes, we we admit it. And sometimes I have to do them publicly in front of the church and ask for forgiveness. And nobody's ever said yet, I don't forgive you. Maybe they haven't, haven't told me. <laughs> I've had to do that time and time again. Yeah. And you know, that's one of my favorite types of leaders, Bill, I'll be honest with you over the years, myself been, been in ministry for 35 years. And I tell you, my favorite type of leader is one that is humble enough to admit fault, right? Because the problem that I see is if you never admit fault, then what happens is your congregation thinks, wow, you must be perfect. And I'd never be able to measure up to that because you never make any mistakes. So you never, you never talk about that. You only talk about, you know, success. And although that's good, but man, we can't allow our congregations, leave them in the place where they don't feel like they can measure up. But when a leader is transparent like that, Bill, then all of a sudden they go, oh, wow, they struggle too. Mm-hmm. And I think it brings down a lot of walls. Yeah. It's one of the best compliments I get from people is, a lot of times they might say, you're real. You're, you're one of us. I can relate to you because I have shared some of my past and present failings. And, and I'm a, you know, I'm a work under progress. And I, I'll tell people, if you don't like my preaching, come back next year. Maybe it'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, good. I'd love to get a shirt print printed up that says, you know, Christian work in progress, you know, be patient. So, <laughs> yeah. Both of us, probably me more so than Mary, I, you know, I have a lot to learn. So. Amen. Always learning and always growing in Christ. And that's that's that dependency. Like you're saying, Bill, I, I've got to be obedient. That's the key. I've got to be obedient no matter what. And you got to take up your cross daily and, mm-hmm. uh, and make that a reality. How about, I'm thinking of this, when I, shortly after I met you guys for the first time, you guys went through horrendous, horrendous tragedy. And yet I was just getting to know you guys. And I was like stunned at your ability to stay connected to Christ. I'll be honest with you. I know many people probably would have thrown in the towel and yet you stayed connected to Christ. You were able to walk in forgiveness. You were able to stay a true humble leader that exemplify the love and the grace of Jesus. Man, that stuck with me, hit me so hard. And that's when I really wanted to be connected to you guys from that point on. Are you guys willing to talk about that at all, Bill, and how you were able to? Yeah, we, we would be glad to. Mary, do you want to lead into that? I guess back in 2013, so a little over eight years ago, our son, Christopher, who had just turned 21 and was a junior architecture major at the University of Cincinnati, was walking home from a party, I guess, and um, was killed by a hit and run driver. And so we uh, had that traumatic loss of not only his death, but then the dealings of the fact that this person had left the scene after they had hit him and had, had fled. And so we had 
an ongoing court case also involved in that. So that kind of made things drag on a little bit for about a year and a half um, as we also had to, to go through, like I said, the court hearing and, and all of that situation. Um, so that's one thing parents never really think that's gonna happen to them, that they're gonna lose a child. And so when we got that knock on the door, it, it just rocked our world. Mm. Um, and we not only had to grieve the loss of our son, but we had to come to grips with forgiveness. You know, God calls us to be a people of forgiveness and to forgive others as he has forgiven us. And so Bill and I had to figure out how we were going to live that, that out. I always had a fear up until that time, and it wasn't like a paralyzing fear, but you know, we're called to forgive as Christians and, and certainly as Christian leaders, but really just as Christians. And what if somebody did something terrible to, you know, Mary or, or my daughter, Andrea, or, or, you know, they harmed them. And would I be able to forgive that person? I thought about that a lot. And I remember, I remember the night it happened and we got the knock on the door at 3 a.m. by two uh, Bell Fountain police officers that uh, told us about it. And um, I remember praying right then, Lord, help me forgive this person. That's mm-hmm. one of the first things I I thought about and uh, just being willing to do it, knowing I had to do it. Chris's death was hard to deal with, but I think the forgiveness wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. And then, uh, like Mary said, the trial kept getting postponed over and over again. And how many times, Mary, 11 or 12 times we'd say, yeah, go the next day, we get a call, postpone, postpone. And then you know, she pled out, uh, it happened to be a young lady that happened. And then you know, finally, we go down there for the sentencing after about a year and a half, and it was just like emotional. And, you know, I we are allowed to give like a victim impact statement, I guess they call it right before, a, you know, at the end of the, wasn't really a trial because she pled the case out, but there was the sentencing. And I remember thinking, you know, this, this girl could just say the heck with you. I don't care. I didn't know what would she would be like. And, and we, we just spoke and we just said, hey, we, we totally forgive you. I, we hope you have a good life. We uh, don't hold this against you. You know, Chris did some things that night he should have been doing. And we just totally forgave her. And um, it was amazing because after the, after it was over, she had wanted to contact us and the attorney said no, which legally makes sense. But she just wanted to say how sorry she was. And she came up to us and talked to us outside the courtroom and uh, gave us, said, can I hug you? And uh, Mary and I both hugged the, the girl, that uh, young lady who had hit Christopher. And uh, healing is, you know, forgiveness is healing for us too. It's not, I don't know, it's, is it for the person? Yeah, but it, you know, there's no bitterness. I hope she's doing well, but uh, it was hard to, to go through this. It wasn't hard to go, you know, to forgive as hard as I thought it would be. And what a, what a gift it was. And uh, somebody from the Inquirer, a guy named, his name was Perry, was it Kimball? I think so. Yeah. He was there. Wow. Comes up and interviews us and said, what in the world's going on? They did this full page article in the Inquirer. I got calls from, I got emails from all over the country about what had happened and the effect that had on people. Inside Edition called us and wanted to do a story. And we said, we prayed about it. That would have been hard, but we agreed to do it. But I don't think the young lady wanted to. And we understand that, but they're like, how did you forgive this person? It's like, well, how could you not? So immediately, uh, now that was well after his death, but uh, people were watching and the, the reporter for the Cincinnati Inquirer was watching and came rushing up to it and was like, what in the world's going on? You know, what's what's different? So again, pe- people are watching and uh, it was difficult. And Mary, I don't know how 
you want to share with the forgiveness, how you dealt with that as well? Yeah, I think similar to Bill that, you know, just from the very beginning, we made that decision that we weren't going to let this tragedy ruin our lives because we knew people too, Christians that had lost children and they had not forgiven and they had not come out of that, you know, had not traveled along on that grief journey and they were very stuck. Um, I have a friend that describes it as kind of living in a black hole and we decided we didn't want to live our lives that way, that we had but that's not what God had for us. You know, that's, that's not what God has for us. Even when we go through these trials and that he doesn't want us to live a life that's described as a black hole. He says he wants us to have an abundant life, you know, here on earth. And I don't think a black hole is an abundant life. So, you know, it wasn't easy and and some days were much harder than others. Um, But we did. That's why I say that it, yeah, it is that daily choice because we had to choose to, move forward, you know, tiny steps at a time on, on that faith journey. And just know that God would, the days that we couldn't really carry ourselves, that he would carry us and get us through. Um, But like Bill said, the impact that it had, I mean, it made it to Australia. It was in one of the papers in Australia and in England um, picked up the story. I mean, it's, it's, was beyond our comprehension that, that, you know, it, that God could use us in such a miraculous way. And on a personal note, when, and Mark, we did it with you and we did an epiphany walk, um, it happened that there was a young girl in, on that walk that had, had been the perpetrator that had hit someone and hit, was a hit and run driver. And our story of forgiveness from the parent side of things helped her heal and her helped her personally accept Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior from our testimony. So we not only got to kind of see that sort of from, you know, a 30,000 point view of it going around the the world, but we got to see it kind of up close in front in the actual, the life of, you know, a 20 some year old woman. Um, So that was just, I think God's grace to us also that he just gave us so many moments of grace and said, look, I'm at work here you know, don't worry, your, your story isn't wasted. I'm, I'm at work through this. An epiphany walks done in prison where you go into the prison, you sit with these women. There's a series of talks. You sit at the table with them and she was one of the incarcerated individuals. And right before we talked, the person, we didn't sit at the table with her. There were about six or seven tables. We were sitting at another table with five of these uh, young ladies in prison. And uh, she had made the comment, you know, bad things a lot of times don't happen to Christians. You have it made and stuff. And the person who was sitting at the table knew we were about to give the talk. And he said, well, you know, we'll see. And then we gave that, that talk about what happened and it really, you know, struck home with her. So even to somebody in prison, it just, uh, God's timing is always, uh, it's always remarkable, but it shouldn't surprise us. So again, God has used it over and over again. And uh, it's a story I wish we didn't have to share or another story we could have, but um if God can use those bad parts of our life, you know, uh, so be it, you know, we're, we're glad to share that. Yeah. Thank you guys for reiterating that. And I want to double back to something you said initially, Bill, how forgiveness really helps us heal. Yes, it does help the person that you're forgiving, but, but man, Bill, the, the two sides of the coin would be if you choose not to forgive. And then if you, choose to forgive. It is so hard. Uh, I heard, 
I heard a pastor friend of mine share one time, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hope the other person dies, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't, it affects us. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, I feel like the reason that God has opened so many doors for you guys to share about it is because you truly have forgiven and God wants to be glorified in that. Yeah. And it's, it's a process, you know, and I'll say this, I mean, we are talking about Christian leadership. You know, if you're a Christian leader, all Christians have to forgive, but you cannot lead. You can't be a Christian leader if you can't forgive. I mean, I would just find another way to work. You know, I I know Christians that haven't forgiven and we're called to do that. And that's a whole different topic. But if we're a leader, we really have to forgive. It's, it's not real. It's not a choice. It's not a choice. We just, we have to do it. And, uh, it's really freed us. I mean, we have a good life. We have joy. We have a daughter. We have a granddaughter now. We have a phenomenal, phenomenal son-in-law. Our, our lives are good. They're rich. We miss Chris every day. I don't cry every day. It's like I used to. I did that for, for quite some time. I miss him and we talk about him, but uh, our lives are good. They're rich and uh, God still has more work for us. And we, we celebrate that. Amen. And uh, Bill, I'm I'm so thankful that you brought it back around to the leadership piece because I couldn't agree more. It doesn't mean that it's easier for Christian leaders to forgive. It's no easy. Nobody gets a shortcut, right, Bill? You got to walk in it. And I believe this is exactly why you guys have peace in your lives is because of that forgiveness piece that you've experienced. And so, Mary, you got any um, any final thoughts on that that forgiveness piece? Well, I just think, you know, sometimes it's, and we even found it, you know, it's easy to forgive sometimes for the big things, but it's sometimes those little nagging things that we have a hard time forgiving, even as Christian leaders or especially as Christian leaders. And so, you know, sometimes those can be as bigger, bigger struggles. Um, and at least in my life, you know, just those little irritating things that people do or those little acts of um, malice against you or those gossips, you know, from someone. So um, it's not just the, the big things that we're co- called to forgive in. It's, it's all things that God has asked us to forgive. And so we've forgiven the, the young lady for the, you know, this, this tragedy, but, but we still struggle with those little things, uh, those little daily things that creep into our lives. So we're, we certainly aren't perfect by any means, but, you know, it is God's grace again that covers us each day. Amen. And um, this is Bill and Mary Walker, uh, pastors of Quest Community Church, West Liberty, Ohio. What an awesome story. This is exactly um, how I envisioned this going down. And uh, we didn't even (laughs) talk it all through. I just knew that if we just gave them a chance to share with the audience. And, you know, last thing I want to run by you guys both and have you comment on is, Bill, I'm so glad you said forgiveness is a process because I teach that as well. I totally believe you cannot forgive without God. You can't do it just on your own. You have a part in it, but God is going to supply the ability to do that. And um, I also agree that if you don't forgive, Jesus said it, you won't be forgiven either. And so with that, what final piece of advice would you guys give to not just leaders, but all Christians, but then mainly for, for Christian leaders that maybe they're struggling with unforgiveness, but they don't, they don't have anybody that they know that they can talk to about it. 
You know what I mean? Because it's almost like a trap. If you, if you're, you're like, I can't forgive. I can't forgive. You're not going to necessarily get up there <laughs> on Sunday morning and, and shout that from the rooftops. But Bill, Mary, what advice would you give to pastors, leaders that are, they're struggling with this? What helped me is I found a support group. There was a group of ladies in the community. It was when Celebrate Recovery was still going on and it was a grief support group. And we met weekly for about a year and they're all Christian women and just being able to talk. None of them went to Quest. They are all from different churches around the community, but just to be able to talk through those hurts, just not as a leader, um, not as a pastor, but just as a mom, you know, was really important for me to do. And I think whether it's grief or whether it's, you know, another area of unforgiveness, I think finding that whether it's an accountability partner or a support group, or if you need to go to a Christian counselor, um, some way to get that out and to talk through that and to process that, you know, um, prayer, of course, you know, I'm a big journaler. So journaling really helped me a lot to just process my thoughts because that's just one way I work. So the, so journaling through things. And I think that the being willing to say, you know, God, I'm frustrated with this right now. And I'm hurt. I don't understand that. And just being very transparent. Sometimes we feel like we can't share those things with God, even though he knows that he knows our heart anyway, but we feel like we have to hide it from him. But that, that total openness with, with God and with others is what got me through it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would echo that. If you're a Christian or a Christian leader that can't forgive, find somebody. And Mary and I have been through uh, Christian counseling twice. And both times we did it early when we were having some, some difficulties. The last time was when we first moved here. And I would go again tomorrow and, and we just addressed it quickly. And I think both times it was like three or four sessions and we were fine because we didn't wait till the 11th hour. We just said, hey, we need to work on some things. And uh, if you're a person that can't forgive, find a Christian counselor. Find somebody you can confide in. Call me, Bill Walker, Quest Church, West Liberty. Google me. I'll sit down and talk to you. Hey, I don't have all the answers, but uh, we've been down the path of forgiveness, but we we have to do it. You have to do that for yourself. And uh, it's, I think it's part of self-care. Just uh, if you can't forgive, you might not be able to, but Christ in you can forgive. And, and that's one of the keys too. Uh, I think there's a supernatural element to forgiveness in uh, allowing Christ to enter into and become part of that is uh, it's healthy. It's healthy for the person you're forgiving and it's freeing for yourself. Amen. Man, guys, this is absolutely astounding conversation today. I just pray that um, the people listening will get a hold of that. They'll be challenged. They'll be encouraged and that there is hope. There is hope and forgiveness and there is true leadership that can happen when you get free. Like you said, Bill, if you can't forgive, it's tough to lead. It's very tough to lead. And this is where I was really praying that we would land today. So thank you both for carving out time out of both of your schedules. You're both very busy, but you're both very giving as well of your time and, and your great leaders. So thank you for jumping on with us today on the program and sharing your hearts with us. Thanks for having us. We've really enjoyed our time here with you. Yeah, it was an honor. So thanks, Mark. You're a friend and always talking to you. So thank you. So All right, much. guys. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. 
More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.